0: Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hello and welcome. My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Today I want to send a thank you to our most recent donor to the Clumsy Theosis podcast, Toba Chukwu. I really hope that I said your name correctly, friend. If I didn't, I'm so sorry. But if anyone else out there has been touched or your life and your faith has been informed by Clumsy Theosis, please, I ask you to prayerfully consider making a donation because the podcast is only possible because of all of your donations. In this episode, we're going to be releasing this on Saturday instead of Friday because Saturday is Holy Saturday. And well, I kind of like the idea that the world is silent on Good Friday. And something amazing happens between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Sometimes that is referred to as the descent into hell, the harrowing of hell, the harrowing of Hades, and any combination of those three. And now I remember back, gosh, when I was returning to the faith, and I remember Holy Saturday for those first couple of years. And back then, my theology was kind of, eh, eh, you know, it had some holes in it. I was still learning things. I was still in formation, which is totally fine. Um, But nonetheless, I remember how I felt on Holy Saturday for those first couple of years. Now, The day before all of those Holy Saturdays, I would go to the Good Friday events, right? So Stations of the Cross, Passion Plays, and whatnot. I remember not liking to enter the churches on Good Friday. I really hated the feeling of entering any Catholic church on a Good Friday. Because it just felt like a crypt. It felt empty and void. And maybe it was just the fact that all of the statues and art of the saints and our Lord and the crucifix and everything within the church was shrouded in black cloth. And the Eucharist had been removed the day before. And even the candle that signified Christ's presence was snuffed out. And I just remember feeling empty somehow. The world had been deprived of the light of Christ of the presence of his body in the Eucharist. And I could feel that in a very personal way. Now, I'm not saying that that is a bad thing to feel or experience on Good Friday. I mean, it, it, it is good for meditation. There is a lot of fruit there. And I mean, it also brought me closer to an understanding of Jesus's followers. But the thing is, while I was wrapped up in the presence of Christ's light, leaving the world that I was so familiar with, the world that I could see and touch and feel, there are others in need of the light of Christ, specifically those who had died. Now, that's when I learned about Jesus's harrowing of Hades, when Jesus died on the cross and he descended into hell and destroyed death and granted life to those in the tombs. And now this was huge because it gave me bigger insight to what was going on in between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Something big was happening that I just wasn't paying any attention to. And so I want to share that with you today. So when Jesus was in the tomb on Holy Saturday, he wasn't sitting around on his hands. He had work to do. Jesus was smashing down the gates of Hades and ensuring that they would be opened forever. And how do we know this? Well, maybe you guys have experienced this. You're praying the Apostles' Creed, maybe when you're reciting the rosary or something, and you get to that part where you say, you know, that Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, he was crucified, died, and was buried, and then he descended into hell. And then at that point, you kind of raise your eyebrow and wonder, what exactly does that mean? You know, you're not exactly sure, but you just keep on going, right? Right. But what we're referring to when we say that Jesus descended into hell, we're referring to Holy Saturday and all of the wondrous things that happened on that day. And because this is part of the Apostles' Creed, you can bet that we can find an explanation about it because it is a profession of our faith. We can find an explanation of Jesus descending into hell in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. If you want to look it up, it's specifically paragraphs 632 through 635. But first, let's make sure that we're on the same page when we say hell. When we say hell, we're not talking about the hell of damnation. We're not talking about final judgment or anything like that. When we say hell, here you would use the Hebrew word sheol or even Abraham's bosom. Or in the Greek, you would say Hades, right? These are terms that we find in scripture. And this is a place in which the inhabitants are deprived of the vision of God. The first letter of Peter, he says this about Jesus's descent into hell. And I love this. He says that the gospel was preached even to the dead. So Jesus descending into Hades, into hell, into Sheol, whatever you want to refer to it as, Jesus went there to proclaim the gospel to the dead. And this is powerful. This isn't just some sweet thing, you know, like, oh, Jesus remembered the dead. No, this was powerful. And the Catechism explains the significance of this. I'm going to quote it for you. This is Catechism 635. It says, Jesus went down into the depths of death so that the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Jesus, the author of life, by dying, destroyed him who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and delivered all of those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong bondage. Henceforth, the risen Christ holds the keys of death and Hades, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. I love that. And it it just, it gives you so much more insight, doesn't it? Now, in the East, as in the Eastern Catholic Churches, as well as the Eastern Orthodox Churches, there is a classic icon depicting the power of Christ when he descended into Hades. And I'm going to link a photo of that down in the show notes. It's actually going to be a link to this episode as it appears on my website. And on that page of my website, the image will be there. So you can go and click on that link or... If all else fails, you can go to Google and Google harrowing of Hades icon. So here are some major elements of this icon that I love. So first of all, Christ, right? Christ is center stage in the middle of this icon, kind of suspended in air, clothed in glory, and he's surrounding by his uncreated light as he descends into the darkness of Hades in order to shine his everlasting light there. Below him are doors or gates, and they're rent asunder, and they've been rent asunder by the flash of Jesus's entry into Hades. And then below those doors, there's usually a dark chasm, which represents a few things. It represents the time that Jonah experienced the darkness while he was in the belly of the whale for three days, as well as we see a hearkening back to the icon of the Nativity of Christ. And then around those doors and um, kind of also in the chasm, you'll see a bunch of little keys and locks, and they're going to be strewn around all over. And that is just to show that the bonds have been broken and the doors of Hades will remain open for all of eternity. And sometimes in these icons, depending on which one you're viewing, Jesus could be holding a cross that symbolizes his triumph. And then in these icons, there are people. There are always people. But it depends on the icon as to which people will be in this icon. Sometimes you'll have the righteous from the Old Testament, such as Abel, Abraham, Moses, and um, the prophets, such as Daniel and John the Baptist. You'll even have kings, King David and King Solomon. And every once in a while, you'll see one of the living apostles. And that's just to represent that Christ's redemption transcends space and time. And these people are usually to the left and to the right of Jesus and kind of below him. In every one of these icons, there is always, always Adam and Eve and Christ is always reaching down to grab them and pull them up, showing that salvation has come to all of mankind. All of the descendants of Adam and Eve are now able to receive salvation because Christ has gone to, to remove Adam and Eve from Hades. And there is a beautiful homily in the Catholic tradition that illuminates Christ's harrowing of Hades. And here's a little snippet of that. Today, a great silence reigns on earth, a great silence and a great stillness, a great silence because the king is asleep. The earth trembled and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh and he has rised up all who have slept ever since the world began. He has gone to search for Adam, our first father, and for a lost sheep. Greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death, he has gone to free from sorrow Adam in his bonds and Eve captive with him. He who is both their God and the son of Eve. And then Jesus says, I am your God, who for your sake have become your son. I order you, O sleeper, to awake. I did not create you to be a prisoner in hell. Rise from the dead, for I am the life of the dead. I mean, we need a mic drop after that because there's nothing, nothing more to be said on this. The title of this piece, if you want to read it yourself, is called Ancient Homily for Holy Saturday. That's the actual technical title. And what I just read for you is an excerpt from the Catechism, and I believe it's through uh, 635. But there is a longer version to this homily, like you can read the whole homily on the Vatican website. And I've included a link for that down in the show notes, as well as on my website, if you want to continue to read this homily. And so I hope my sharing today has helped give you a new or deeper insight on Holy Saturday and the wonderful things that happened on this day and are continuing to happen for all of time because we know Christ is outside of space and time. And I pray that all of you guys have a glorious Pascha or Easter Sunday, as it were, because even in quarantine, Jesus Christ has trampled death and he has brought life to those in the tombs. So rejoice. All right. If you guys want to keep up with me between now and the next episode, you can always do this on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter more so on Instagram, because that's usually where I'm at. Give me a follow, send me a message. I love to see where you're at in your faith life and particularly how the episodes are moving your spiritual development and understanding of the faith. So reach out to me, let me know what's going on. Until next week, everyone, peace out.